0: Howdy, Meeps. Welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show. Hey there, Meeps. It is Wednesday night, and we're here live on Meeple Syrup with our special guest, Julie Ahern. Is that how we pronounce that? Uh,
1: Yeah, if you're you're in Ireland, it's Ahern, but we're not, so it's cool. (laughs)
0: Ahern. I will. I will do my best to pronounce it that way from now on. And if right. I don't, you can like slap me.
1: Well, I, I mean, I'm not in Ireland either. I think it's oh, okay. She's
2: like, she's not gonna slap.
0: You, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> no. And uh, Erica, of course, is with us, but Jesse is not.
2: Where's Jess? No. Jesse's moving back to Canada.
0: Yeah. So we'll have Jesse back in Canada within the next couple of weeks. Um, I think he may be on for the next show, but may not be. He's uh, but aiming. definitely. He will be with us for Prototio. Yes. Uh, so Prototio is happening next Friday. End of the wow. month?
2: Yeah. Oh my God. It's only two weeks away. You're correct.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's well, it's less up, than eh? two weeks away. It's like 10 days away. And, we have uh, work guess, to do. Yeah, we have a lot of work to do, apparently. <laughs> and uh, Jesse will be there for our live streaming. So we will be live streaming all weekend long, as much as we can, uh, and having guests come up to the table and show us their wares. They're going to maybe give us a demo, maybe go through their cell sheet, all sorts of stuff. Um, all of the new designers that you've never heard of, but are awesome because they're, you know, Canadian. So that makes them good, right? So, no, it really doesn't, but it's a, it's a definite plus to work it's with step Canadians.
2: Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll come up and they'll
1: be like, please, will you look at my components?
0: Yeah, without the British accent. <laughs> but
2: yeah. I wear a like lot little kids of Charles Dickens novel. Yeah. 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 Please, please.
0: will you look no, at it? It's like, totally well, gonna, be like this. gonna be amazing.
2: Will you play my prototype? <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. once more. Um, so Julie is our special guest tonight. And Julie, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Um, sure. So I'm from Massachusetts, which is where our company, Green Games, is based out of. But I'm kind of a nomad at this point because I go to so many conventions. And I started. I mean, I started when I was, I don't know, five, and redesigned Candyland because I thought it was terrible, and that didn't want indeed. my sister subjected to
2: it. Oh, we <laughs> I want to hear more about this later. <laughs> okay, um,
1: but and I've always designed games. I, I have, I have prototypes from middle school. Um, you know, at that point, I've been playing DD since the fourth grade. So by middle school, I was making my own maps and games that were trying to uh, incorporate, mostly algebra, I think, to try to do advanced math to figure out gameplay, which is not the best thing to do. But, you know, I was entertained, I guess. Um, And then later on, um, when I got to grad school, and I was getting my master's in education, I, my dissertation was how to incorporate board games and gameplay into uh, teaching to reach exceptional populations. So those kids who need to be challenged more because they're bored in class and the kids who have a harder time um, because they're, for for a variety of reasons, attention, um, not being able to sit in their seat, that type of thing. So that was my dissertation. And of course, so when I was hired, they were like, hey, so you wrote all this really cool stuff apply it in class. And so I ended up writing a lot of, designing a lot of games for the classroom for a number of years before uh, Green Bar Games started.
0: That's amazing. And, I actually didn't know that. I was going you need to yeah.
2: share these things. No, no, so people use this when now. we did the, at, at, uh,
1: <laughs> in January, when we were at Board Game Base Camp, when you said who wants to play test my RPG, and I was like, I am actually very, I feel like I'm very qualified for this. That was why. Because oh, I bring, Okay. I've written um, a number of elementary school level
2: yeah. RPGs and LARPs That's for awesome. when I was Wait, teaching third fourth grade. We need to talk more about that because <laughs> I need to start doing more of that with yeah, my students. I mean, oh, hey,
0: I, hey, I, I will totally send you stuff. Let's talk about that like in a second yeah. or two. Yes. Um, okay. But also, I mean, I don't think any of us realized you were an educator Originally.
2: I think I yeah. do that once upon a time, but like Julie I mean, just, just does yeah, everything. So, you know, you just assume she yeah. can do all of it
0: anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, let's segue from that. That's a really good segue. Currently, what kind of hats are you wearing for Greenbrier games?
1: Um, well, I mean, we are, we've always been a small company and we, yep. you know, have stayed pretty, pretty lean. And so I wear a lot of them, but primarily, um, as the vice president, I am. I do a lot of the sales and marketing, um, but then I do uh, game development. Uh, and I do. I still get to do a little bit of design, but it's more pieces of it at this point. Right. So, for example, for folklore, we have Twin Fire Games are the designers, but I get to have, for example, in the upcoming, um, the new expansion, we'd like to do at least a new a couple different new mechanisms for each expansion, and we added town events, which was based on concepts that I had, I had given to the design team and have developed. So, right. I still get to do a little bit of that, but then I and then there's a
2: lot of writing. Yeah. Yeah. You enjoy the writing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy the writing. Uh, there are some days I feel it's, well, it's okay. So as a writer and who's somebody who's done writing a lot of writing my whole life, you have like, it's, it's still, it's a very different mindset than debbing a game or working on the, the math or mm-hmm. going around to conventions. So finding the quiet time for me is the biggest, biggest challenge because right. so it, I, I don't sleep a lot. I've never slept a lot. And as a teacher, I don't know if that's your, your that thing totally either, but like amazing. that was, the, right. So I, I I pretty much survive on five, maybe six hours of sleep, sometimes four, like that's, that's pretty normal for me. It always has been, which is great because what I do is I sleep for about three hours and then I'm awake for about two or three hours and that's when I write and then I sleep again and then I do my regular work day. Yeah. And if I don't wake up, I don't know if I'll get writing in that day. And that's hard. But having that consistency is something that I don't know. if <laughs> I
2: right, don't advocate it tired. for anybody, but it totally works for me. You have right. to write every day. And if it's waking up for no, three no, hours no, I, in the middle of the
0: night. I <laughs> told my students this today that this is why I'm short. is because I only <laughs> sleep about four hours a day. And you're also pretty short, too. So maybe it's, a, maybe it's lack of sleep. I don't
1: know. <laughs> sure let's go with that i mean A, i'm A, okay A, with my height i'm good is that mean yeah, I, I, got,
2: I got more sleep than you guys so i'm better than both of you Possibly. Possibly.
1: oh I, somebody asked if i was going to base camp 2020 has yeah. it has it, have the invitations gone out yet
2: no it probably will be october my guess is uh, uh daryl will throw those out but if you've been before you're usually invited back and so yeah. t is saying will you be there yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, I
1: called
2: dibs on that, like, months ago. All yeah, right, just, so, I'm all good. Good. I suddenly like, got really so nervous, like, like, wait got, a minute. You guys, go, T, you're with Daryl. Go tell Daryl that Julie says yes and give her dibs on a room.
0: There you That's go. right. Yeah. There you go. Um, cool. So I'm going to just say go down the list and see who's here already. So uh, Manolis is here. Uh, Manolis is the co-designer of the game Shobu that just came out from... Uh smirking dagger, smirking laughter, right? And I played that- it
1: this past weekend for the first time and it was And so what would you good. think? Yeah, I think right. it was my best moment of the whole weekend.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so nice to hear. <laughs> um, I oh, literally Alliance game.
1: Yeah, yeah and layout. we were playing, and I said, listen, I have a copy at home and I want to play it with uh the kids, especially the eight-year-old, because he mm-hmm. loves patterns. And uh Kurt was like, it was so. It was like the end of the night it was cause they do the eight to midnight retailer yes. game night. And so it was like 1145. He's like, yeah, sit down, <laughs> we're good here. So we yeah. played it and you know, everybody's watching us cause it's, it's very much that chess, like I know mm-hmm. people have said that um, and I love chess. And so it was very quiet and very intense. And then suddenly I started giggling Maniacally, and he's like, "That's <laughs> evil." I was like, "I know," because I know that I had won.
0: <laughs> and oh, good, because you could see if yeah. he moves ahead. That he oh, is I loved it. It was you.
1: so yeah. It's it's elegant. It's delightful. Sorry, continue okay. no, on. No, who else is
0: there. Yeah, I'm so, so that excited. I was, was discovered at Pro, Proto Do last year around this time. Ooh. So that's that's a big rigging plug for Pam Walls' uh, prototype convention, and of course for Manny and Jamie who did a great job on. Such a simple, elegant design, and then Kurt for being willing to take a risk as a small company on an abstract. Uh, so that was great. Yeah, uh, actually, you know what? Finally?
2: Let's yep. say quick shout out then, because for Proteo, because there's even more um, uh, uh, publishers coming this year. Uh, oh, we'll right. save yeah, the yeah, list yeah. for like next week or something like that. But if you're listening today or watching today, and you are interested at the end of October, uh, sorry, end of September showing something you're working on. There are people there to look at them. And for a lot of people, that's maybe your first chance. Don't be afraid. There are people like Julie, who's awesome and interested in seeing your thing because, you know, they appreciate you put the work in and mm-hmm. it's just good to get to know and to talk to these lovely people. So just a really quick shout out again for Poteo, but we'll tell you, let's say next week, we'll go through the publisher
0: list. Right, and maybe Julie's not there this year, but hopefully someday. Maybe next year. Hopefully someday. (laughs) We'd love to have you up. Um, Also, Zach Connolly is watching right now. Hi, Zach. Zach is one of our moderators on the Shop Talk page. He also has a Kickstarter on right now for Lots, which, if you are a teacher, is an amazing game (coughs) for teaching a lot of things about math and spatial relations and all that kind of stuff. So... There we go. In science, exactly. it's structures
2: yeah. and all kinds of Physics, different things that could yeah. work on elementary levels as well.
0: Yeah, tease up, and he is in Halifax right now for uh, Nova.
2: What is it? Uh, yeah,
0: NovaCon? Supernova. Supernova. Yeah, Supernova, which is a uh, invite-only event out in Halifax, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Didn't I, I haven't invite invite been only It's in this teaching period of my life, right? So that happens. And Jim Baker's there. Jim is another Canadian designer from around Montreal and he's going to have a game coming out soon, which is wonderful. So lots Yay. of great people. Jessie so many people having games coming out. Brad bachelor's awesome. here. A lot of people saying that they're happy to have us back and we're happy to be here. Thanks so much to our supporters. Uh, thanks so much to people who supported us over the summer on Patreon. And just as a note, if you are on Patreon, remember there are those wonderful patron only podcasts that we do there. Um, right. You Community can episodes to are you talking about? There. Oh, no, 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 the no, bonus no. material. About the from bonus the... material. Okay. Even more bonus material out there. Gotcha. So, cool. Let's get back to Julie because she's the reason for the season. And Julie, <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, how you used to use games in the classroom. And where was the transition from you know classroom teaching to what you're doing now?
1: Well, okay. So in a variety of different ways, but um, so my first teaching job was in um, Newport News, Virginia, where it was a school that was like right by the shipyards. um, And I don't know uh, if this is significant and has any significance in Canada, but it's uh, so a title one school is one where students receive free or reduced lunch and or breakfast. And our school was like 97, 98% title one. Right. To give you an indication of socioeconomic background. So um, they had, we were the very bottom of the, of the district in testing in, in like ranking of any kind. And they were kind of at wit's end when I was hired of having any, um, any way of changing that. Uh, so what they had done is they had brought in a group of teachers, like veterans that were 25, 30 year veterans who were saying, um, you know, uh, if you come in and you teach for two years and you bring up this test scores and everything, um, you can then go on and uh, get your pick anywhere you want to go any school if you want to go into admin whatever you get to you get to choose and so they did that and they kind of brought up the test scores and then they all left and they were like okay brand new teachers come on in so it was my first year teaching that's a lot (laughs) as it was for everybody in our grade third grade right the whole and the state had stepped in and said, "Uh, it seems like what you're doing is shady here. We're gonna also investigate. So they were desperate and they're like, anybody have any ideas? And I was like, well, I spent all this time writing this dissertation, do you wanna give gaming a try? And they were like, yeah, whatever, just do something. (laughs) So I actually had um, my friend Kate, so Kate and I played board games all the time as well. So we started making, and a lot of it was for rote memorization because it was test prep, but we tried to do it in as many different hands-on ways. So if it was going to be, you know, so we had um, a giant like Olympic, we called it the Olympics where there were different events, which were of course the different subjects um, where you had to do a lot of like with flashcards, repetition of things, but like there were some that were reading comprehension, and I could like I could give you all of them, but uh, you know, trying to get things where maybe it's building something so that it's hands-on. Sometimes it's uh, you know incorporating it in a board game format of you know almost a roll and move type of thing. We go from really basic and simple because these were kids who had never gotten to play board games before, right. right? And to level it up to become more complex, and then of course they could get to turn around and build their own to have the students use their own games as they got further on. And what, so it started as simple as that, as basically roll and move and try to do flashcards. And it branched out from there. And I think maybe my second or third year was when I started being like, you know, I think d and LARPing might be better.
2: Like you do, awesome. like
1: you do, um, so, or like RPGs. And cool. uh, so I, because the school didn't have, also didn't, wasn't being given the funds for things. So like the Oregon Trail, everybody's played the Oregon Trail. The I mean, we've, we now have a, a game that's based on the, 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 game. the video game, yeah, right. No, there's
2: it's now a the game, game based on the game based on the video so game. The game right. yeah.
1: They had no money for any of that. So I made an RPG. because uh, we
0: couldn't yeah, space that's what you know same you know, like right? concepts.
1: Right. Yeah. So I could afford me. Um so the reading material. Quote right, the reading material with the books that I got at the library to start before I wrote my own, you know. You know what sickness was so that before you got the you died of dysentery like you had to learn about it and then you could right. do these things and it was oh. it was like at some point we were out at recess and there's this huddle of kids and they're all talking intensely and nobody's fighting and nobody's yelling but it seems very intense and the teacher's like what do you like another teacher went running over because they were afraid like there was some sort of potential violence going to happen right. and break out, which was real. I mean, it was, you know, that that could have happened at this school. And they were like, what are you doing? And they're like, he has two ox and I need one to go over the Rockies and he won't trade it for the grain I have. He wants more and it is an unfair burden. Like, she was like, I don't even That's know amazing. what you're saying. I'm like, I won, I won. <laughs> this, is it.
0: this is it. I mean, hopefully I am
1: good." <laughs> Um, So yeah, we did that. I think uh, I moved to, when I moved to Massachusetts again, and I was teaching here for a while, and I was closer to Boston, it was a very diverse, you had kids coming from uh, a lot of different backgrounds. So you had um, recent transplants from Haiti, because that was right after um, the hurricane. And uh, kids who had been, you know, like my family, several generations, Irish and Italian, Catholic, you had... Uh, I had students who had come from Nova Scotia. I had, kids, like, I had kids from lots of different places who didn't all have the same background and it was the same, but I felt like there was a good conversation there. So we did an Ellis Island LARP every year. Nice. Um, I'd love to hear more about that Yeah. So that, so the,
0: yeah. that, so that
1: and it um, was great because I could, you know, I would ask parents and older siblings and grandparents to come in and help out. and I so we would wow. learn about it and do like family histories and try to bring in as much of their background as possible uh-huh. from all the different cultures and then once they had talked about it and we had read about it they would have to go through and be processed at Ellis Island and of course inevitably I'd have several grandparents or parents who spoke were had multiple languages that they knew and so I would Pull them in and be like, "Look, you are a disgruntled government employee. (laughs) (laughs) These are not your children. These are just the people you have to. You are like think DMV worker.
0: You are just (laughs) turn them through. You're motivated. Right, right. right, You don't
1: care what their concerns are. And then I like want you, you, and you to talk to them not in English." And when they don't understand you, sigh, roll your eyes, repeat what you said, but slower and louder and more annoyed. And <laughs> this is the whole process. And by the end, little stressful for the kids, but at the end, they really got like the understanding of like why it was like scary without yeah, like a full, like, you know, you could always, and that was, you know, like if, you, if they started, they always had the ability to be like, I, I'm not happy right now. I'm not comfortable <laughs> right. and like go, and go like hang out and, chill out and And typically they they were fine but but yeah some of them it was like that was really scary and I was like yes that was your grandfather they were like yeah I know but it was really that's, that's scary. really
2: good for empathy like that would be yeah. a huge be, yeah from the the because you're you're not guessing necessarily the whole experience but even like the slightest inkling of like understanding that is a huge set for empathy and so yeah, that, that's, that's right. such
0: a big lesson and right. that's why you wanted to play my game uh, exactly <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so yeah, so, so we Robert it progressed. It. it progressed to that point. Yeah, I think Robert, you said I was. I'm happy. I played the game. I never want to play it again. Was it you? Who said that? And but it's what, like
1: so. What's what's that fascinating is perfect, though perfect. is everybody who is there playing when we see each other at other conventions, we have this really. I don't know, kind of special bond because we were a family together for a very well, you, intense short period of time. Experience you
0: experience something experience. intensely; your yeah. brain yeah. is going to build that memory, right? And it's, it's that is how
2: you that is how you bond. Like you can create superficial bonds yeah. with somebody purely by having some sort of event that is deemed either highly stressful or something like that. Yeah, adversity you can create incredibly huge bonds of people. Yeah. That's yeah. really
0: interesting. So. Um, bringing us back to your current projects, I noticed that you've just finished working and are doing the writing for Folklore. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing on Folklore and why so much writing? Uh,
1: so Folklore, The Affliction, is a RPG-style table talking yeah. where so you, you have a preset character and you're going on adventures and as you level up, everything's card based uh, for leveling up items and abilities and all of that stuff. So all of those, not as much flavor text, but still quite a bit of writing. And then instead of having a GM, you have the stories uh, which have multiple outcomes. So if you're playing, you might have to do a skill check or come to a group consensus, or there's a combat that happens and the result of it is jump to different part of the story, like a choose your adventure or read a story moment at the back, which might be one person gets to read it and that's hidden information from everybody else, or maybe everybody gets to share oh, it it's just one piece, um, or you get a story marker. Here's the blue story marker. Don't worry about it.
0: We'll tell, tell you what that's later. about later. So later, if you have the story marker, then X. Right. Cool. Right.
1: And then of course, like if you have the yellow storybook, what what happened? Where was the yellow story marker? I never had it. Um so there's a so there's a lot of that, which the team at Twin Fire Games does the main story arcs. Uh I have done a lot of the support writing. So ongoing, like once uh once an expansion or the once the core game was released, once the expansion was released, I will do one shots for retailers or release to um fans. And then I've gotten to do a lot of the side quests, oh, is what it comes down to. Uh, the mini ones. But even that, so it's it's not a ton of writing, but it's a very intense amount of writing because you're incorporating, um, a, you're trying to compact a lot of the mechanisms of the game into a, a poker card, uh, double sided, and give a full experience of going on a side quest. So it's not a full story, but you still want an arc of some kind with a resolution and get it all onto a car. <laughs> and then How, make a deck of those.
2: <laughs> did you guys have a process to riddle that down? Because that is a really difficult thing to translate that much story or that much instruction onto something that is that small.
1: Correct. So it, there is some level of formula to it where, you know, so, and the fun part about this particular expansion was, we incorporated a lot of our friends because we did uh, a stretch goal, a social stretch goal of getting um, a, lot of, a lot of people in the community to be uh, the, the NPCs for each car. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, let's see, Isaac was my favorite because, you know, Isaac's... We, you know, just designer of Gloomhaven. And so a lot of people are constantly saying, So how does this compare to Gloomhaven? And I'm like, it doesn't. It's not this, but but you get it all the time. So the fact that he was willing to to actually be a care an NPC for one of this was great. Aww. But also, I told him he was going to be a doctor. So he took a picture holding the rumor card with like a lab coat, even though it's like medieval times and everything. He wore a <laughs> doctor like a lab coat like he was a doctor for like so awesome. showing that he was on it, which was like the sweetest, th- I, honestly, it's like one of the nicest, sweetest things that anybody's ever done. Um, but uh, Daryl is on one of them. Uh, I believe, I actually believe that you make an appearance as well, Eric. <laughs>
2: you
1: might not know that. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yay! <laughs> I, I might not have told you that. You, you might make sure. an appearance. You might I'm have made an appearance.
2: I'm I'm in a game. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, so an NPC gives you that there is a problem in some location and you have to travel to it typically, or there has, there's some way to get to the next step. And then once you get to the next step, there's a variety of different, you know, at that point it's, again, do you just have to roll and do a skill check or is there a randomized one out of 10 and... The number will tell you what the next thing is. That's like So we have a couple different choices of how to get from to the next piece but typically then there's something that's a there's a smaller but at the same time I'm like okay so now there is this data bank of monsters <laughs> there's a data bank of skill checks and there's a data and I want to make sure that I randomize it and have enough of them used so that No one character feels like, well, they never did an ecology check ever. And I've got the woodsman who's all about ecology. What the heck, guys? Like, you know, you have to make sure that it's, you know, so there's a lot of that. So I do a lot Mm -hmm. of like spreadsheet. And then I'm like, okay, now make it thematic. And that's the hard part because (laughs) at that point I'm like, I I just see spreadsheet. And I'm like, no, now I have to get like I have to listen to music and I have to. You're like, now these have to be people. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: All these numbers have to become something that's meaningful. Drenched and I thought it would be beam.
1: easier having all my friends be a part of it. It actually made it harder because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to misrepresent them.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, that, so that, it, yeah, that would be hard. It, it actually, actually made, it oh, it made you weak. <laughs> right. Um, oh, um, while you're drinking okay. water, you can make me. Uh, weak. It's fine. Mike I'm is. Saying, Mike is asking you to go for root beer in Essen. Ooh.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, let's let's just say, is he going to invite me, and then I'm going to show up as he's walking out the door? Because
0: you know, that's what happens. Essen,
1: oh, that's what that's happens Essen with Mike. I'm just saying. Just
0: saying, Mike. maybe it's his way
2: of making amends.
0: Maybe.
2: He, hey, he's <laughs> offering. I'm going to infer from this because it says Ruby or Nesson. I'm inferring he's going to buy you one to make up for
0: it. Oh, you heard it here first, people. Mike Sorry, Mike, from if Peach I'm Tree wrong, is but going it's, to buy root beer for it's Julie. It's
2: just a root beer. You can do it.
0: Yeah, totally, <laughs> just a root beer. Um, root beer's awesome. So, uh, speaking of like delicious sweet things, why mm-hmm. is there creme brulee in as a food icon? A food icon, <laughs> A food item. A food icon. A food item. In the apocalypse, why? Why wow. is, is it Zedpocalypse? or is it? Z-pocalypse. You, you
1: said Z- either,
0: Z-pocalypse,
1: right? Oh. Yeah. I I say Zpocalypse because I'm you know, United American, States, yeah, American. but American. Uh, but I hear Z-pocalypse all the time as well. Okay. Uh, so I forgot I had told you that part. Uh, so our first game, we uh you know, zombie survival, and uh, you. So we want we incorporated a lot more. Our, then, you know, at that point, all the games only were combat based and we right. wanted to incorporate more things. So we did uh, feeding and fortification, tower of defense stuff. Uh, but, so if you didn't feed your survivors, they would not do anything for you. They would right. sit and languish in the, the bunker and be cranky and despondent and emo and stuff. <laughs> so you had to feed them. <laughs> so to get,
2: okay,
1: get baby. Right. And, you know, you had irradiated food and you had good food. And that was it. So, like, you know, you had the icons for, you know, for those two things. But during our first Kickstarter, uh, right before we hit go, so before it could change, one of our – the people in our group – so, you know, and this is when we first started. So there was a lot of our – the people who were in the company, but there was also a lot of our – friends who we played games with who had a lot more input in that first game than they you know than when we became incorporated. so it you know a lot more access to doing things which was silly and fun and would never ever fly at this point <laughs> <laughs> in the company. And what had happened was a uh, couple months previous we would do we would do a dinner. Every other month, like a, a formal, like everybody got together and we would cook. And um, one of our friends was the head chef every time, and often I would be a sous chef because I like cooking, but I didn't need to be the person in charge. And he had decided he was going to do a full formal, like French dinner. So he had made, and it was beautiful, and it was lovely, and there was duck, and I, I can't like there was it was a it was a lot of time and effort and probably money spent on this beautiful dinner. And he doesn't like making desserts, So he told me, well, you can do dessert. And I was like, well, I'm gonna make creme brulee because it's that's got it. sugar yeah. and dairy and fire. And I'm American <laughs> and I don't know anything else. So that's what we're doing. So I made it. And of course, nobody commented the whole, Everybody like, everybody's like, oh, the dinner's nice. But everybody, all they talked about was this creme brulee and he was bitter.
2: very bitter. That's not your fault. That's not your fault. It was not
1: my fault. I didn't know. I just know what a crowd pleaser is. And that's why I'm doing marketing now. Uh, So I did it. And then right before we went to Kickstarter, he added that there was a level. And for like $1,000, you would get the game and a portion of it would go towards travel to come visit us. And we'd play the game with you. And we'd have a dinner in your honor and Julie would make you creme brulee.
0: Oh, hilarious. Uh, and somebody did backed up. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. And did oh, they like yeah. your creme brulee?
1: They thought it was great. Uh, they, that, well, this is the thing. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is so unprofessional. Why would we do that? Da, 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 da. Guy who backed <laughs> up was like, I was on the fence, but creme brulee is my favorite dessert.
0: Oh my God. Go. That was if his you, if, you, if you still know who that person is, uh, well, he's in the game. The start- he's, he's
1: one of the characters. Oh, he's awesome. the senator in, the, uh, in the original game.
0: If you look so- on my Facebook page, I just posted a recipe for creme brulee cheesecake. So <laughs> he made nice. like that too. You I would eat nice
2: of those two things.
0: <laughs> so Neither
2: all does. that
1: happens and everybody thinks it's hilarious and I was like exasperated, but hey, it worked. So we get to the point right before production and Jeff's like, okay, we all have to sign off on everything. And I was like, I've looked through everything. He's like, no, we have to sign off on everything. I'm like, Jeff, I've looked at everything. What do you want? I, I, I'm not going to sign off on the miniatures. You, like, I don't do the plastics and everything. He's like, no, you have to look at all the cards. I'm like, I looked at all the cards. He's like, all the cards, Julie. I'm like, all right, okay. Like, I've, I've looked at everything. He's like, you haven't. You haven't looked at like the, the items and food. I'm like, if you misspelled food, we're in trouble. He's like, I just need you to sign off on all the cards. So I'm going through and it's like, you know, food, scrap. Like all like, it's Stupid. really yeah. basic stuff. And then we get and then I get to creme brulee, and I was like, "You guys are the little worst." <laughs> so yes, there is a creme brulee card
2: because
0: it makes there's no you sense. It, you approved it, and
2: there's the apocalypse. You must yeah. have creme brulee. You're you must, well. You creme brulee. Right. It, well,
1: so there was a Doctor Who episode like years later where uh, that happens, and I was like,
2: "What's going on? alternate reality?" <laughs> Um,
0: so those those are two of the biggest products that uh two of the biggest lines, I guess, that Greenbrier does, right? So folklore and Zapocalypse.
1: Um, yeah, well, Zapocalypse, I would I mean it's our it's our first game and we've done several iterations. I don't know if it's our biggest, but it's certainly our okay. flagship, and it's one that we will always do because it's ours
0: yes yeah. you know
1: it's the one that we first designed and the one we continue to in-house design um, right and then so, but I would say folklore is probably much bigger and Grimslingers has also done really well
0: right 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 I forgot that you guys did Grimslingers as well mm-hmm. you know that he lives down he lives in my hometown right Stephen yeah Gibson yeah I did know yeah. that yeah it's very funny he didn't originally but then he moved to London for some weird reason like he was up more in the Toronto area. Um, but yeah, so there's a little connection there too. The, I
2: was going um, to add Julie, cause uh, this kind of sounds like you're, cause you're kind of playing both sides of the fence right now. I'm not sure how many other people as well that work where you do this. Do you guys find that you might be swinging more towards internal in house kind of in design, or do you think you're still going to be continuing looking more external? Cause I'm kind of hearing both happening at the same time.
1: Yes. Both happen at the same time. Uh so uh I just I just noticed, for example, that Christopher Chung has joined us. I and we just in. His,
0: his designs. Oh, you're looking at what of Chris is good. Oh, we
1: signed it. We have oh, it. Oh, even better. Um so no, we do both. Um and mostly it, I would say with the exception of Z Apocalypse, it's external and we do mostly development at this point. Okay. Um which is because as time has gone on, we have less and less time when we tend to go to more towards the publishing side, which is right. funny because I find that I've, I will get a design started, but then I have nobody to hand it off to do dev work to.
2: Mm, that's like cute. internally in the
1: company. Right. <laughs> so I have designs that just kind of sitting here but
2: are you (laughs) allowed to shop them to other places is that a thing? I
1: I am allowed to shop them because I am the vice president of the company and I would love then then Jeff try to tell me not to but we could have uh,
2: Julie designs under different headings. we
1: could if I could ever get somebody to look at them and have the time to play test them which never happens because then I prioritize the games that I know are going to make me money (laughs) You
0: know, right. That's right, those right. are the ones that
1: that's potentially scary. may make me money, but really are just gonna give me personal satisfaction. Right. Which is also very good, but don't keep me in food and
0: yeah. No, so this there, is
2: there a very external. real dilemma. Yeah. There are yeah. external
0: developers. If you would ever like to hire them, they send's do. Sends like
2: Sen's saying this right now. Hey. Why, um, sure, he Jessie, sends Jessie's sends Jessie's like pointing lights at himself and like landing. Yeah, and,
0: you yeah. know you know a lot of people who would do external development for you, is all I'm saying. I know,
1: I know. Um, And that's an excellent
0: point. It is an excellent point. Julie Designs 2020. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What's next for Greenbrier and Julie? And Julie. Uh,
1: Well, so we have a game that we need to finish with Christopher. That is a uh, two player uh, think how do I want to describe this? It's so you are either the serial killer or you are the police.
0: Oh, so right, yes.
1: I know. Right. You know, this, one. um, that started off more with a CSI vibe to it when it was given to us. And mm-hmm. I have kind of stylistically started and artistically pushed it towards more of a almost sin city okay. comic book view,
0: but either way, theater?
1: a little, just a little, uh, that that we're trying to finish. Uh, The mystery game, I have got to, so we had, we had in my mind finished it and then I realized that uh, it's, so it's a game based on the horror comic, mystery and nightmare world, which are both uh, titles by Dirk Manning. And they are both in the same universe of this, what if all of our horror tropes were real? Right. Precedent, so it's um, it combines both of them, and it's a one versus many. The one being the hero, the many being the villains. Game, and I loved it, and it was great, and I was done. And then I realized that that it's a game that we were trying to break into the comic book industry more of, and it's too challenging. It's too many layers, and I have to like it. Was I enjoy it very much, but it had too many extra uh, bells and whistles on it. And I needed to strip it back down and take it to a much simpler gameplay to get my target audience. So that's been, it's just about finished. So um, I also have been talking to because the one other thing I need is a graphic designer.
2: Right. (laughs) (laughs) I need
1: a graphic designer. Uh, I keep talking to people who are like, yeah, I have availability and they don't. And I just need a graphic. I need one now
2: put it up on shop talk and see if they like, yeah. say like, I need someone now. Like we've got, there's quite a number of good ones in there alone, let alone people who will recommend.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And I will, because yeah. I have, I have all the art because all the artists from the original comics did the art. So the art is done. Design is you good. I'm out. happy. I just need it to look clean and
0: Get a nice package. Yep. Yeah.
1: So Excellent. that's just about done. And, uh, and then uh, Walter Barber, who has and Ian Van Ness, who worked on um, Champions of Hara and Barbarian Battlegrounds, have just sent me the expansion to Barbarian Battlegrounds, so I'll be devving that as well.
0: Fun, nice, fun, fun, fun. So Jesse Fernandez is asking, is the game that Chris has sent to you? Is there a title for it so we can refer to it as something? and b is it a social deduction game or is it like a logic and deduction game the serial killer so it's
1: we're calling it on the run as a working title but we still haven't decided on a final title it's part of the problem uh, so it would be so let me let, I'll describe it to you and then we'll figure out okay. what, what we can what we want to call that so you are as the serial killer trying to make kills by placing uh, a location, a weapon, and a characteristic out on the board of a person.
0: Okay, got it.
1: Of the same color, Uh, so three of a kind. And if you do that, then you have successfully made a kill. So you are trying to make seven of them, but you're doing it within a grid. So you are building the board, as it were. Um, the, The cops, the police, what have you? Are that? Yes, you did. You did suggest before seven, but I don't Chris, want to Chris, to Chris is writing that,
2: before right. seven right now.
1: <laughs> right. Um. So, uh, as the more the more that the serial killer is able to make kills, the more abilities the police have to eliminate the because it's an elimination. So think like in Clue, you're eliminating. Suspect. A number of, of suspects or characteristics or weapons or what have you to get to the final three, whatever's in the envelope, much like Clip, um, but with a much more varied and complex grid of potential combinations. So the more kills happen, the more abilities the cops have to narrow down what they are. So I, what, what do we want to call that?
2: It's almost like set collection meets like some sort of speed game (laughs) meets like um, speed sex uh, sex collection. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah, killers by colors, nice.
1: So and it's it's great because the the so we've been playing it and I'm really I'm really happy about it, Chris. Um Because
2: <laughs> Chris, my fine, it's good. It's
1: good. it was engaging, but at the same time, there was a lot that you were looking at. Your, you know, it's two players, and you were spending a lot of time looking at your own hand to decide your next move. And I was like, the one thing that I would like is I want it to move more towards the board, which is you're making the board as you go. And so there's a lot that was the the change, the feedback from from my dev work that the designer took and did an awesome job at fixing. So.
0: Good job, Chris.
2: Good job, Chris. Good and this job. You, and guys, this is why we need developers because it's really important.
0: Yeah, developing developing is a huge thing, and uh, Julie's doing great work on her product line for that as well. Mm-hmm. When a developer gets a hold of something, and can, you know, it's almost like just like icing on top. But without it, it would be kind of you know like it's an okay cake. Yeah. And when the, the icing st- gets on top, bam lots up. of food references make it show, pretty yeah. apparently yeah um and hi to brian so Lenz, by the way hi brian uh, grand con which is great times we had a good time julie and i were we there we did have a good time yeah so that's what's coming up next for you guys so maybe before seven we're not sure what it's going to be called but it'll be good it'll be fun and yeah. that game is a two-player only correct correct Okay. I and mean, do you want
2: people to submit names in any way or do you have them narrowed down yourself? I don't have them narrowed down. If somebody wants to you're, submit a name, you're I'm welcome open to okay, anything we, right now. We're working on this ourselves cuz we have no sign off for the show, so we've been letting like people kind of help us out. So, if you're going to post in shop talk to say, "Hey, I need someone to do some art for me." why do say I just say, did that for
0: you, but I've, you can also oh, ask for the so name. I just
2: did it. You can put another one up saying, "What would you maybe call this game?" They're yeah. clever people in that group.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I lots do lots know of a of lot them. of them. <laughs> yeah. Killer by, killers by colors. I, 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 there's something there. There's something there. I like the alliteration. Alliteration is could be your friend. Um, the and clo- then, no, sorry. I'm Mike Eckert. <laughs> Mike, Eckert. The Mike Eckert is another con organizer. We just have Grand Con come in and here's Kublacon coming in. Um, so Oh Daniel, we just went through the game. Daniel Zayas is asking, what's the game? <laughs> Daniel, you're rewind. You're going to have to re and then get back to me. <laughs> Daniel's like, I name things all the time. I know you do. That's it true. Um, uh, we're, guys are being criticized. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're being criticized. <laughs> we it's were
2: talking a... about an upcoming game that Julie's putting out through Greenbrier that is Chris Chung's game that is nameless. And we are just saying, how do you think people might go about helping to name the game?
0: There. Is that good? Is that good? That yeah, was very That's good. good. That's a good synopsis. Okay. Um Julie, uh, I'd like to thank you. By the way, Julie plays a lot of my RPGs at cons for some reason. I don't know why, uh, but I really wanted to thank you for playing for being willing to play a game that I came up with the night before I went to the con. Um, don't admit to that. <laughs> no, no, it's true. I don't mind saying that. Um, also, I don't. I love it that people will actually. <coughs> Give me the time of day and play those games with me. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Julie played a game with me called Exquisite Corpse, uh, which was yeah. the the drawing game. The and it's oh, ridiculous. It was
2: she best. says the best. No, it's
1: so good though. It brought me so much joy. Yeah. Um, and now I'm not gonna like I have the I have the I, results I still. So <laughs> I'm so happy.
0: And so I think that's one of the one of the greatest things about this industry is. You know, it is hard to get in, I will admit. <laughs> but once you're part of the industry, then people are just really willing to give you time and spend yeah. time with you and go with your games and go through your games and give you feedback on those things. So I, I think there's a, a lot to say about getting out to conventions, uh, seeing Mike Eckert and Brian Lentz here, and getting out there and meeting up with people who you are. You know, interested in getting to know as a person and building those relationships through playing games, right? So, (coughs) excuse me. Um, Oh, Brian's saying he saw that and it looked hilarious because it was, it was silly. It was silly, good, silly fun. Um, So, yeah, that's, I guess, a piece of advice for all the designers that are listening who are trying to do their best. And I know there are barriers to getting to conventions, and I know. Excuse me.
2: Don't don't die. You got this. You'd rather send. <laughs> grab that. Grab I that. Mean, I'd like send. to hand you my water, but it wasn't. You
0: know, I, I don't have my puffer near me, so okay, t- I, take I a deep
2: breath. It. Or I can try to finish your thought
0: if possible. No, it's okay. I'm good now. <laughs> okay. Um I just wanted to uh, sell, tell people to get to conventions if you can. Um so mentorship is a big deal i think in game design um and it's not formal but there's definitely people even in the chat right now that you know we've helped and we don't do it for glory (laughs) we just like helping people uh and it's really nice to see people being successful and i know julie's like that as well julie's that kind of giving person who would help you if you come (laughs) up with a game julie are you on our shop
2: talk yet if you're not on Shop
1: Talk, you got to join. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like now that the third time that you've brought it up, if I'm not, I absolutely better be. <laughs> you know, need to you, be.
0: Julie is a member of Shop Talk. I just. No, don't I think, think I can t- really post it.
1: You can repost. I don't think I have either. Um, but now that you've brought up two things that I could. You can do
2: on it. And well, here, I'm going to see it. if I can add yes but you know what the, the, this is a big point and we brought it up a already a it's, member already a member Shinzami. there you go it is really hard to get con- to conventions but if you can just get to that like somewhat local prototyping thing wherever it is even if it's a game meetup that you go a few times play a few games and just ask hey next time would you play one of mine all of that is a huge factor in kind of getting going even if it's like there's not a lot of people around you so it doesn't have to be the expensive ones
0: and and the, right, absolutely you. doesn't
2: no. Yeah.
1: Um, what I've found interesting that I've started noticing as of late, when you first start, you have your one game. And so you're,
2: this is your, you know, you have your one, we say it's your baby, right? Well, we you say, but baby. even at
1: that, think like your, so your world, or like, so when you're a kid, your worldview is your home. And then it becomes yeah. your street and then it becomes your neighborhood. And then it becomes, you know, like you start, well, this, it's the same kind of like a new designer, their game is, is this. And then as, so it's really hard to give up this and hand it to somebody else. And when it, you know, once you expand and you realize there are other games and this person is a game and I have multiple games or ideas for games and it's, it's a much more fluid thing. It's much easier to just be like here, here, Tell me what you think and receive it. Then when it's like, everything is just the, it's all hinging on the one. And I love, I love trying to help people get to not necessarily even shaping that one, but what's your next game to get yeah. them to realize, yeah. oh, there's more. Oh, Yes. Like, so it's, to me, that's, I've stopped being like, let me help you with the, this, first game and really being like, okay, so what else are you interested in? And because let's face it, most of your times, your first game is like the burnt pancake too. It's really hard to like, you know, you make like, myself included. (laughs) That that first game is also all the things that you didn't know that you were doing that everybody else has done or, you know, you're so attached to this one thing, you're afraid to let it go. Uh, Whereas that second one, now that you've got that out of your system, tends to be the one that where you start to realize what your process is, what you're like, it's a much more, you're not focusing on the the thing and you're focusing on what you are doing as a person to create something. And so I love talking to people about what's your second game? (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's, that's a nice. really, really it, yeah. cool piece of advice, Julie.
2: I will say the uh, first game, you know what? You're lucky if it functions. That's a good sign. Right? <laughs> and then it really is. Like, even if it's flat, as long as it's flat and functional, that is a great start. Then throw it away <laughs> and pick up something new. Right.
0: No, and that is, per- you know what? I've never, ever heard anybody put it that way, Julie. But I know Eric and I have talked about, you know, your second design is the one you should really kind of focus on your first one. Maybe bloated, but it's your baby, so you're not going to touch it. And so it's a second one. But I've never heard anybody from the other side of the fence, like from the publisher side of the fence, ask that question. I think it's a wonderful question to ask, especially for first-time designers, right? So what is your next thing? What this is this may not be for me, but what are you doing next? Right. What right. are you look at and, people well, thinking?
1: I've published people's first games. Walter and Ian, so Leaf Pile Media's first game was Champions of Horror. And I love Champions of Ara. It went through so much development.
0: Mm.
1: And Mm. like over such a long period of time to get it to where we saw, we saw how it was going to be great, but to get it
2: to that because they were
1: so, it was so important to them and they spent so much time on it, which is both good and challenging Mm. versus Barbarian Battlegrounds which was like them slap happy tired and made a silly bear pun when they were working on champions of Hara, which led to them giggling uncontrollably, which led to more bear puns, which led to a game, which got like done in like a week. It was like this by comparison, like effortless Mm -hmm. and, and seeing the difference of this very much more complex and very carefully constructed and Maybe slightly overproduced.
2: <laughs> well, no, you're right. Though, it's on it's me hard. too. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's hard to tease out. Like when something's been so cared for, so done over, so played through, sometimes it's hard to tease out those pieces that might streamline it more or maybe a small change. Like uh, it, it is something to watch out for. Even though sometimes lots of time can make something great, sometimes it also makes it harder and harder to remove anything without maybe changing too much. And right then you're kind of stuck
0: but so here's a question um first of all i wanted to say that daniel zayas also gave a really really good piece of advice um and i'm going to show it on the screen right now he said i like the guilt free out like play one turn and if you hate it we can move on so giving For prototype playing yeah 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 maybe? giving anybody who you're Thumbs testing up. with that that out so that's yeah. a really good yeah. piece of advice
2: Damn and daniel I... asked,
0: yeah. okay go ahead yeah
1: I was gonna say no, no, finish, finish, give give the question, but I had a really, no, no, no. It's uh, up to
0: you. It's you. Go.
1: Illuminating experience going through looking at um we went to a uh like a publisher speaking or you know with both of us looking at designers and I am at those, I'm a very I'm brusque mm-hmm. because it's that five minutes, you have five minutes to sell me on something, as opposed to playing through where I'm like it, much more care and time and thought where I'm like, give me the, give me the highlights. And it's, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm actually trying to, because a lot of them are new and don't know how to properly pitch a game. Mm-hmm.
0: It is so I'm trying to lead them. The
1: right. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to get them to give me the next, whereas Daniel you're, you're was saving trying, them
0: from themselves.
1: Right. Whereas Daniel was a much more patient. Like, this is so exciting. What I would like to do is give you some feedback right now about how maybe you could improve. And I'm like, we got five minutes, get next one. And he wanted to like give them, you know, he wanted them to not be crying. And I was like, I, I'm just next one. I'll come back, circle around at the end and be like, hey, let's talk about this. <laughs> it was a really fun dynamic because it made me realize, be a little bit more self-aware of who is so nervous and how they might perceive my shortness as being dismissive or un- unappreciative mm-hmm. of their efforts. So I just wanted to point that out.
0: So that's that another really good piece of advice though, Julie, is that um, if you can take all the feedback from the people who you're talking to as they are trying to help you make your game better, mm-hmm. life becomes a lot easier and there's a lot less hard feelings.
2: Right. It, yeah. I was also going to say, because it connects finally to something, something you said to me, is without meaning to, we always approach whatever it is who we are, right? So I was just told today that I was like, someone was looking through a rule book that I was doing. They're like you're too nice. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, you even write your rules too nice. <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? But it's true because then like, that's how, how you approach things matters. It's how you're going to write. It's how you're going to talk to people. It's how you're going to approach playtesting. It's how you, there's so much of that, but that's a huge awareness thing. That's super important to kind of lock down and say, am I too nice? Am I not nice enough? Am I like, where's that ground? What am I trying to get out of this? Like, as you said, like, what is the target audience? What am I trying to draw from that? And I think we forget sometimes which ones we are. Mine
1: is always, I'm not, I'm same as when I was teaching. Short term seems a little mean or brusque. Long term, I think has more impact and benefit to them. So so for me, (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah.
1: Right. I try So never, and because I never, ever, I'm like, wow, this is terrible. Because I would, even if I thought it, I would never say that because who knows? It it could one day be the most amazing game ever. And I'm just seeing it at the first iteration. That's not fair. And that's not what it's about. Uh, It's about sharing concepts, ideas. And for me, is it going to work with my company if I'm being pitched on it? Mm -hmm. Versus can I have feedback on something, which is a totally different thing and approach. Um, And so that's, but being mindful that a lot of people, it's their first time. They're sensitive. And they're right. And, and having been the person where it's my first time, you know, I had the luxury of having a huge group of friends who could give feedback with love and, and, you know, who would also, if I decided to have a temper tantrum about it, would be like, oh, that's our Julie. And, you know, like, be fine with it versus being out in the public eye with people that I maybe knew, maybe didn't
2: give me right. their thoughts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like- Adam Young has a point that's really good. <clears throat> he said that um, people get lost in the fog and you can front load the facts and mm-hmm. be cozier and nice after right here's the facts this isn't gonna work for my company this is uh you know it's gonna be a very expensive game to produce blah 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 blah. facts and then hey i'm really interested in where you're going with this and what do you think and what have you ever talked to this person because i think they might be into this game right so facts up front cozy later it's uh it's sort of like that's my jam yeah right that's your jam that's how i (laughs) teach as well so it's like this is right this is wrong this is right this is wrong this is very factual Now let's talk, right? And be human after that. You know, it's Um, nice
2: to point that out because it is. It's saying uh, it's encouraging after the fact because what we like to forget a lot of time is that this is art. Art is highly subjective. Art is also very particular to who's looking at it and what they're looking for. So when someone says no, most of the time they mean no for them, not no person you're going to approach from now on out. But unfortunately, we interpret that wrong if they're not new you know, if we're new to this. So just remember, no is not a no. No is no for them. Mm-hmm. But it might also mean, take the feedback, think about what it means and see how you might apply it to the next person. It's not a get out of this industry, you suck. Nobody's going to tell you that. Nobody means that. That's
0: right. It's just not a right. game for them. Yes. So I have one question here before we sign off. Uh, Daniel Zayas asked, have you ever designed something so long and test It's so long that the whole genre becomes stale to you, Julie. Like a worker placement that just won't go into the square peg. So now worker placement is dead to you.
1: Uh, So, mechanism versus theme, because Mm -hmm. our theme, I mean, we have some very long running games. And I won't lie, I've broken down on occasion, been like, why zombies? Why did it have to be zombies? But it is what we did. It's yeah. what we did and we're going to keep doing it. Um, I've moved, I've cycled past that.
0: but um, Mechanics though? Mechanics. I mechanisms? What have you? Uh,
1: short answer, no.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: so it's not that they get stale to me um, because I can always find ye- I like there are certain things you can always find new ways to use something. So I know that we had that whole conversation about Roland rights that I gave an yeah. example of uh, at Grand Con, that, that is currently in vogue. And so, you know, making designing a game that has that right now doesn't seem to make sense because by the time it comes out, there's already a, a wealth of choices of that style. So it's, but that doesn't mean that it's, not interesting to me, it's that I don't know if I could. So that's as a designer, no. As a publisher who's going to try to make money from it, yes, because I know trends in the market, even if it's the challenges now make one that's better than everybody else's, there's still already a saturated market right now for it. Right.
0: For those so specific. even
1: if I were right, so the designer brain in me is like, challenge accepted. The publisher in me is like, shelve that challenge. <laughs> so, you know, wait five years, bring it back then. Um, but do I want to spend my time doing that? Or do I want to work on on something else that I can publish sooner? So that's, you know, when we talk about like the two hats, that, that's something that I would be at odds at. And um, no, I, I, I don't think that there's any particular mechanism I've ever gotten specifically sick of, there's some that I like better than others um, It's more that like are the my go-tos.
2: That, the theme burns right. you out a little bit over time it sounds like. Sure.
1: Right. Well, yeah. I mean, because we do ongoing you know, so, and, and it's not that it burns me out so much as, I mean if you think about it, anybody who's written a series, when you live in that world long enough, you're like, okay, that world, you know, you kind of Feel like when it has a natural arc, you want it to end. Yeah. But you also, again, as a publisher, if it's making money and there's still people asking for more, it's how okay. So then, how does it? How do you make it new to you again? Right.
0: Yeah. What
1: makes it exciting to you?
0: You can only write. And he lumbered towards me with his gaping jaw open, yelling, "Brains!" So many times, right? So, Man.
1: uh Turns out, I can write it a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah, a lot of different ways. I can what the continue are to do for, so, guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, well, but that's also why I appreciate uh, community because hmm. that is something that when I start to feel burnt out, I can be like, "Hey, where are some locations that we haven't ventured forth to, or what are some scenarios that you would like to see, or where, like, and." And, and crowdsource that it's wonderful to have a community that one loves your game. So you get that energy, you know, that energy of reminding you of, Oh no, people have enjoyment from playing this. Yes. And right. <laughs> and then also I, cause you know, some, yeah. So sometimes the well does run dry and you have to re- you know, refresh and sometimes that's going and watching movies and, or you know, talking to other designers and sometimes it's going to the fans and being like, Hey, what would you like to see? And that's that's kinda you know, when we say on our Kickstarters we appreciate our backers, I, I really do because
0: mm-hmm. you mean they it. really their contributions
2: really do help.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So uh-huh. it's that time of night, Erica. Look at that. Yeah,
2: I know I could talk to Julie forever. We kind of need to get her to do a little uh, little exit. So we always like to leave off with one piece of advice that you'd like to give to people as you're parting words. Cause I'm, we'd love to obviously have you on again and sometime soon, but it was Hi. great to kind of see all the things that you're working on. What would you either say to do, stop doing recommend people do more of or get or whatever it is uh, as your sign off advice. Uh,
1: my advice is always to Feel your feelings completely, and then be willing to let them go.
2: That's fair. So, we, do, we talk about killing your darlings. Sometimes you gotta kind of have the extreme feelings, not, and right? Be not able even to get rid of them, right?
1: Right. But also the this is the best thing ever. This is the worst thing ever. This is feel it fully mm. and let it go.
0: Great, 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 excellent. Mm. Thank you so much. Uh, just on a note, uh, remember that next week we are going to have Chris oh. Rollins and Kathleen Mercury on the show. Yep.
2: We're doing a digging deeper episode.
0: Yeah, we're gonna the- look into yeah how to get Keeping over it going. stuff. Yeah, well, what is it? Just keep swimming. Just keep just swimming. That's swimming. <laughs> right. Keep swimming. Uh, unfortunately, Jesse won't be here next week, most likely, but he will be with us in a couple of days after that when we're live streaming from Pro to To again. Get to that if you can yes Wonderful convention
2: if, if you have anything to show go show it they're great yes. advice lots of great people there lots of published designers there you'd be amazed how lots open and honest there. people are about giving advice and what yeah that kind of stuff it's great
0: yeah and the week after that jesse will be back and pam walls who is the organizer of proto will be on to give us a uh recap or a breakdown or whatever we're going to call it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. The hope was after the fact, because then we get to learn kind of what went right, what went wrong. How do you want to fix it? Like after the fact, you have a lot of hindsight (laughs) on how things go. And usually, I think it's more valuable advice for people who want to do
0: it themselves. Right. Exactly. And uh, on the Meeple Syrup Shop Talk page, uh, please do sign up for that. And if you care about, The show and want to see more content from us and listen to more content from us and help us fund the show, do check out the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash meal syrup. Subscribe at any level. And there's lots of cool stuff that is coming Mm -hmm. out, like audio podcasts and stuff that we're going to have going on that we don't even know yet. We're just dreaming it up. Dreaming the dream.
2: Please check out the podcast. Uh, The next episode will be Jay's failing faster episode will be on Monday. We just had up our dissecting pandemic, I believe was the last one and we should be available on pretty much every platform at this point. Uh, You can get our RSS feed, but I try to make it so you don't have to do that. So it doesn't matter if you're Android or iPhone, I probably have a platform that we're on. And so I'd love it if you could subscribe to any of those.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, we did run a little contest and we're going to try some of these out. What do you think, Erica? I mean, there's a really appropriate sign-off one here that Sean Howard suggested. It's, oh, so may your good. workers be fed and your zombies dead. Good night. Hey, that's appropriate right now. That's <laughs> appropriate for today, but oh, I don't know if that's for like for a like forever sign-off. Not <laughs> forever, but good for Julie. I do like this one, though. May your syrup never run. Although that's kind of negative. Like, we like our syrup when that it runs. That is
2: like... I feel like we just may your syrup no, never run dry. River yeah, run see, dry. May Julie's your syrup always run place, plentifully. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't Julie know. That's that's a questionably negative
0: approach. Right. Yeah. So that's Scott Rogers. Chris Leader said, "Syrup you all later," because he likes <laughs> it's the kinda, It's kind of cute. <laughs> the question
2: is though, delivery on that one. Not everyone right. can deliver that line.
0: Let's go Stirap down and see. All later. One. Yeah. all later. <laughs> one said <laughs> other people uh said. Elizabeth Hargraves said, uh stay sweet meeps.
2: Stay sweet meeps. Oh, my I God. Jesse should do that one. That's I could totally yeah. hear Jesse saying that one.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Adam, who's listening right now, said, don't say anything. Just literally have the sound of sizzling breakfast in the background.
2: I can put bacon noises against <laughs> yeah. me.
0: You could yeah, use that. What is it? Phil have from have Distribution
1: have does the baking cam every weekend. You could just probably, like, sample that.
0: Oh, yeah? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then let's see what here. Oh, Jesse Fernandez is also listening. Said, short and sweet. See you later, peeps. That's a pretty good one. Ooh. Um, yeah, lots of good ones here. So we're going to sign off with that tonight. <laughs> it's, like, all of the sign-offs at once. Uh, and we'll come up with something. Um, we're going to divide them up and vote on them. And then we're going to let the patrons pick eventually, I think. That's the idea, Jesse and Eric and I. Hang on, will... hang on, hang on. Oh, you got one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, bacon sizzling.
0: So on that note, I'll stop, i guess I'll, stop, gonna... I'll stop. Sorry. <laughs> we'll say goodbye on that note then. All right, everybody. We'll see you later, meeps. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week with Kathleen Mercury, Chris Rollins, and special content from live streaming at Proto all weekend next week see you later thanks everybody thank
2: you for watching the meeple syrup show if you'd like to help support our show and the podcast please visit www.patreon.com backslash meeple syrup thank you for your support